Hello and welcome to the Movie Quest podcast. We're currently sat in my car in a car park in Manchester with <laughs> Ant who's coughing a lot. Nah, I'm fine. It could be corona related, you it could not go be. Into work you shouldn't you need to be isolated for seven days. You've got a sniffly nose and I've been told that if it's if it's if you've got a sniffly nose then you're pretty fine. I'm fine. Uh, you sound great. Yeah, but you've never had coronavirus before. How do we know that you're all right? How do we know that you're all right? Uh, because I've not got coronavirus. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. I see Aaron's not putting the mic as close as to your face as he is to mine. I've been washing my hands multiple times a day. I'm good. Not, I'm been, good. Wash- not been washing your mouth. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to the Movie Quest podcast, usually we talk about films and not coronavirus, but as the media has gone mad, so if we... We must mention it. Yeah, we've got to mention it, haven't we? Yeah, for safety, what makes sure you wash your hands before listening to the podcast. Oh, jokes aside, like and after, and after, definitely after, definitely. and wash your hands every time before you eat. Good. So this is the movie quest where three friends, uh, as you heard, my co-host Johnny and Ant, and my name is Aaron. We usually sit down and watch a film together and talk about it afterwards. We usually select a bunch of films actually and pit them against each other, but we've not done that this time. We are. We did something really special today, didn't we? Yeah, this week has been uh, Manchester Film Festival, so we've been uh, we've got well we got some passes, didn't we? Very very kindly given to us by the the folks at the Manchester Film Festival, and we went out and watched some films. We did. Thank you, Manchester Film Festival. Thank you, Manchester. We've actually been uh, got press passes, so we are now officially press, which is a great. Um, Honor. Honor. Uh, Aaron the other day when we, when we first came, Aaron was just like, why Why have they given us press passes? We're just a bunch of idiots so we record a podcast each week. But obviously, I mean, we're not saying it, but obviously Manchester Film Festival are saying how amazing we are as, as press. You know, we are officially press now, guys. So, you know, I wouldn't say that about ourselves, but, you know, Manchester Film Festival. I wonder what other free stuff that we can get now that we're press. I'm sure there's loads of things. We just we need... I'm still waiting for my pizza from last week. That's all I'm saying. We need the blue tick on Instagram. That's the next thing we need so we can get loads of free stuff. Do you get free stuff from having the blue tick on Instagram? Yeah, you do. You get like, uh, you get restaurants and stuff contacting you saying, come and eat at our place and blog about it because you've got the blue tick. I genuinely thought you said you get restaurants and I was like, well, that's amazing. Anyway, so we've seen some, we've seen a bunch of short films. We've seen um, some long films. We've been near some superstars. Um, we have spent times together laughing. <laughs> we've spent times together crying. I.e., well, we haven't cried, but someone else has cried on the day that they went. And uh, there's been some interesting films. It's been a massive variety, of, isn't it? Like, it's a big, huge variety of films. Obviously, we've seen, uh, each of us has seen uh, a couple of different short film sessions. So you get so much variety in those films that it's like been quite. Be quite fun and refreshing to see so many different styles and themes running through. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, so basically, we'll, we'll break it down into the different days that we've we've been. So Ant and I came last Sunday, um, and we saw the first set of short films, and then we saw a film called Lost Transmissions later on. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Do you want to, do you want to walk us through some of the shorts, Ant? So the, uh, for the uh, Manchester Film Festival, there was uh, ten short uh, film sessions. And we only saw, I think we between us have seen two of them. Um, so the first one we saw on Sunday had six films in it. 
Uh, all again, quite a lot of variety. The first one that straight out of the bat was sort of like a, a quite a Hollywood uh, feeling show. It had Jason Swarzman in it. Um, he's quite a well-known actor, and it was about. It's called. It was called Bad T- uh, Bad Assistant. It was called, and it's basically the premise of the, of the show was uh, a famous Hollywood uh, actor was having like the aftermath of a party his assistant comes to his house and they find out that there's a dead body upstairs someone's done uh, had uh, too much of a good time and he he basically forces his assistant to help him move the body and uh hilarity ensues it's quite funny actually i did enjoy it aaron what do you think of it I, yeah i really enjoyed it too <laughs> jason swimsman is a really funny actor i've followed his career since rushmore which is a wes anderson film yeah, I thought it was great. I, I genuinely had a, a good time with it. It wouldn't say it was shot particularly well, but it was just a nice little piece of cinema. Yeah. Um, and it was a nice sort of start. I don't think it was doing anything diff- that that particularly different. It was just good quality, funny show. Obviously, I don't, I'm not sure who um, what the behind the scenes of who made it and stuff was, but um, yeah, I think you know you can tell like that they knew what they're doing behind the camera, knew how to construct a little story. Had good good humor, good dialogue. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm look for. I mean, I'd look forward to seeing what they do uh, going forwards. Excellent. Um, the next one that we saw was called Nico, I think. Yeah. Which was the French one set on a bus where a group of friends essentially drive into their friend's funeral, and they're having the sort of a breakdown and they're going through the motions of how upset they are about their friend passing away. It was. I would say it was quite. I enjoyed it. It was about seventeen minutes long, and it it was quite a moving piece of piece of cinema. I wouldn't say it was anything special, but I just thought that the actual subject matter and the actual acting was was very 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 good. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of those short again. It's a nice enclosed story. You 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 even though it was only a few minutes long, you sort of got the idea of the different dynamics between the different characters on the on the bus, um, and yeah, it it felt like very natural, very like well written obviously it was subtitled so there was a little bit of a barrier entry to, to constantly you know but but because you're in the same setting it doesn't really matter not a lot's going on they're in a bus and they're all chatting to each other so uh but yeah like in terms of uh that sort of film it's quite a bit more serious but there was still some humor in there it was good i, I it was a nice again uh nice bit of variety so there was two that sort of kind of melded together because we didn't really know what was happening we actually got a QA, Q&A with the director afterwards as well her, her name is Siobhan Schwartzberg I think um, but before that or no after that was, was Sweepers so we'll, we'll talk Sweepers before we talk Othello because you've got some opinions on Othello I think Sweepers was a three minute piece of film where essentially a man finds love at a curling class when I say curling I mean the sport the Scottish sport or he's like a janitor, and he he basically is practicing, and then he's, he fancies a girl that works out. It wouldn't need any more than that, I would say. Um, but it could have, it could have been like it could have been like a little advert or something. You know, someone yeah. you could have, you could have put I don't know IKEA in that, and it would have been like oh yeah okay. You know what I mean, it was like very much like a a little small, uh, cute little like very quick little story. Othello. Yeah, so Othello is interesting at this point. Uh, it was mid- midway through the day. I just had a pint, and uh, I was feeling <laughs> I was going to get a little bit, a little bit sleepy. So I was, I was sort of 
uh, finding it hard to concentrate. So on this one, this was a bit more of an arty one, wasn't it? Um, not necessarily a lot of dialogue and a lot of story, but it was more like a tone piece, more with like, uh, and it was trying to, it was trying to obviously tackle. Uh, well, afterwards she spoke to about well, that, that what she was trying to do with it, but it was obviously she, she, she was trying to tackle like this. Basically, it was about this young, young uh, black girl who uh, was trying to get seemed to be uh, in the motoring scene, like a sort of motocross, yeah, motocross, motocross yeah, yeah. and how she'd get funny looks off people because she's a girl and because she's black, maybe, and like, the, yeah, I think I think it was. The, the, I got to be honest, I wasn't following it that clo- that well because I was sort of like. My, my interest had sort of dwindled at that point a little bit. How, how did you find Aaron? Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, I think visually it was interesting, but obviously, I mean, afterwards the director was talking about it and she said that she found it really difficult to make um, and it wasn't particularly fun. And you could sort of tell, she kept on saying that she was like a DIY filmmaker, so I guess you could kind of tell, like, she was just sort of trying things out, I guess. But I mean, I was saying this to Aaron afterwards, like, that's the only way you're going to ever get to do things is just by doing it. Like, we're not particularly good podcasters, but hey, we're doing it because we find it fun and we want to just put it out there. Yeah. So she's trying stuff out and I I, I commend her for that. She, I think to to be able to, you know, raise the money, go out, get everyone involved, film it and stuff is a, is a big accomplishment and to get it shown at a film festival as well is like, you know, I've never done that. So yeah, I mean... I, I enjoyed the visual aspect of it. I think it probably there was some more clever story wise and more like maybe better structured shorts. But yeah, I it was it was interesting. It was good to it was interesting to hear her story afterwards as well. Yeah, it was, and, and she seemed quite nice. Anyway, um, <laughs> the Snatcher was the next one. So the Snatcher is basically it's a yeah. post post Brexit um, world where essentially families are pitted against each other to give each other everything in a game show yeah it was very much like a black mirror-esque sort of uh x-factor style like quiz show sort of thing um obviously i mean when we we watch it it's very low budget but they did a lot with it and it was more just like the interesting sort of uh concept concept. it was a concept it was a concept the reason it was good was because of the concept which wasn't particularly shot very well or the acting was 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 fine um the only thing that annoyed me about it was like at the ending they they could have completed the story but instead they sort of left it on a cliffhanger but it was just a, a poor cliffhanger in my opinion um anyway uh well this is we're racing for these aren't we? yeah we are yeah because we've got so much to get through yeah, uh this is english i will be the best one i'd it, say it, it, it was it was great um how did you, go on? How did you explain this, please? Go on. So essentially, this is English. Is uh, it starts the um, short film off like a, a sort of EDF kind of English defence league. Yeah, English English defence league type thing where you sort of see various bits of Britain and they're making a commentary on it. But actually, in the background, there's like actually text, like there's like you see little bits of like posters and stuff. And essentially, and like that, yeah. essentially what it is is this is English is. A commentary on good grammar. So it's a bunch of men that get together and get really annoyed about misspelling or. Yeah, I mean they're making a joke about like they 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 used to be part of the English Defence League or whatever, so they used to be like racists, and now, well, I mean that's like, my assumption is that 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 the English no, Defence League. Not everyone, just one. No, no, well yeah, and uh, but they're making the joke that you know that they 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 really care about like about making sure that the English language is is kept. 
and and, and upheld. And they, you know, they, and if anyone like makes a spelling mistake or. Uh, or you know, puts a wrong apostrophe in the wrong place, or whatever. They'll go out and they'll like they'll glass them and stuff. And it was it was really well done actually, and really funny. Uh, I think we had, had pretty much the whole cinema laughing, didn't it? Yeah, I, it, the tongue and cheek of it all was pretty great. Like, I just thought it was like a, an interesting concept, um, and it was like a nice little short. It was it got straight to the point, um, and it was I don't know, it was just a genuinely nice thing. To, wait, it was a nice. Short film to end the whole thing on, I think, because the free like the previous ones up to that have been pretty intense. So the next thing that Ant and I saw was uh, we were very lucky to see this. Oh yeah, I mean this was like this was the thing that they were really pushing about on the social media and the website and stuff was the fact that they had a film with Simon Pegg in it, and not only that that they had Simon Pegg coming to the festival. So the reason why he came to the festival, you talked about it, a little bit of a Q, well, a little bit of a intro to the film and a bit of a Q and A afterwards, but he was supposed to be filming Mission Impossible with uh, Mr. Tom Cruise, but obviously because of the coronavirus, it sort of it sort of pushed everything around and and, and it's delayed the film, so they stopped they're not shooting it. So he had like a, I think he said he had a, a couple of weeks of just not, nothing to do, so he went up to Glasgow for a film festival and he came back down to Manchester to show this film at the film festival. And it's his like big starring role, probably I think one of his first dramatic roles, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, I mean, Aaron, do you want to describe the film? Yeah. Uh, so I'll just uh, the synopsis is easier. So it's a film directed by Catherine O'Brien. It's a true story. Yeah. Based on a true story. Um, so essentially, when an acclaimed music producer goes off his medication for schizophrenia. His friends chase him around the LA music scene to help commit him to a psychiatric hospital, revealing the troubling inequities. What? Inequities. Inequities. Thank you. Uh, of mental health care inequities. Inequities of our mental health care system, not our mental health care system, America's mental health care yeah. system, and it was a eye opener, in my opinion, for that. Um, let's talk performances. Both of the main actors and actresses, so you've got Simon Pegg, Juno Temple are the main two two people. They are amazing. Yeah, they were they were really impressive. Like I was, so going into this, you think Simon Pegg, you know him for his comedy. Usually when comedians go into dramatic roles, they, they can be really good. It depends on the role, obviously, and depends on the comedian. But I was a little bit hesitant because it, cause it's Simon Pegg and, he, and I've not known him to do that much dramatic uh, performances but once you settle into it and once I think he settled into it it really worked I think yeah. uh, he managed to pretty much him and both of them carried the film actually, I think she I would say actually she carried the she, film she more the f- yeah, she, she was a, she was film. amazing she um, yeah so how do we so it's set in it's set in America yeah. it's in LA, in LA. It's, so it's basically it starts off um, they, it's them meeting for the first time uh, in like a house party I think I think it's the first time, or the, the, one of the first times they've, they've met, and they basically become friends. He is a music producer, and he basically helps her re-record a lot of her old songs that she wrote when she was younger, and sort of gets a. She's working like a, as a phone receptionist or something, and he gets sort of gets her to think more about her life as a creative person. Yeah, and it sort of kicks that whole side of her off again, whereas he at the same time. It's kind of the end. Yeah, he sort of, he sort of, oh, he's very, 
so it, it talks about it. He's um he's a very un- unstable guy. He's on medication to keep him sort of stable, and for some reason he goes off it. I don't know is that why they said he so, comes off it. So essentially, he did loads of drugs in his in his youth, and that triggered something within him that caused him to get schizophrenia. And so every so often, he would have these episodes <laughs> where like he would be you know the voices in his head or whatever it was that was going on in his life would cause him to stop taking his medication unfortunately and then he would just sort of go down the rabbit hole as it were and Gina Temple's character she also suffers from anxiety and depression so she's on quite heavy depression medication to help with that and he kind of convinces her to come off the medication to help her get more creative because she sort of feels a bit dulled down and essentially, you the film takes you on this sort of like weird journey where they are going through the just you know just having this, the illnesses that are sort of ruling their lives. It sort of just follows you sort of through a, a moment in their life, I yeah. guess, where they're together in that. Um, but it was interesting actually because well, I don't want to spoil it actually in case because I would say this uh, oh, this one film out of the whole festival is probably one that you you are going to be able to watch. It will be on Netflix at some point, I would have thought. So I don't want to necessarily spoil it too much. If you don't care, we'll, we can talk about it. But, um, yeah, like, I, I kind of like their relationship. Yeah, I love it. Because it, it, I, I kind of expected them to go down this romantic side of the relationship, but it didn't go that way, and it that could have been quite easily done. And I think the not doing that was actually a big benefit to the film. Um it, we talked about it afterwards. The film, for me, reminded me a lot of Garden State, in the same similar way of you know her being on uh, antidepressants for years and then slowly coming off them. But with, with Garden State, I think that's a very. I don't think that's particularly a um, realistic yeah, yeah, real, yeah, yeah. Uh, depiction of what that would be like. Whereas, I and mean, it's very stylized, Garden State. And I do, I do, I love Garden State. It's a great film. Um, but I think this film is a bit more realistic. It shows a, it shows the ups and downs a lot more, and yeah, it, I really enjoyed it. Like, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I would say, don't judge it based on the on the film cover, the poster of the film, because I think the poster looks makes it look quite cheap. I don't think it looks particularly good. The poster. I don't know if you've seen it. I just think it's a bit, it's a bit bland. It looks like a TV show or something that I wouldn't watch. But. Um, it, it it is actually very good, uh, and I'd I'd recommend it. Me too. It was awesome, and I do hope that it gets a worldwide wide release because I think people should watch it. And I also think like the actor and actress like might actually win something as well. You'd hope so, yeah. You you but I mean because it's such a small film, I don't know if it would. The the director, uh, I think it's a first time director. Uh, yeah. She her name is uh, Catherine O'Brien. Yeah. She this is all based on. Uh, two people in her life, I think a grandmother and a friend of, their, of hers who also had this sort of um, schizophrenic breakdown. And uh, you can tell it meant a lot to her. And they, yeah, and they yeah, spent yeah. a lot of time researching these characters and what would be right for the film. And the Q&A afterwards was interesting. I reckon, you know, I, I know we can say this at, at the end, but that was really fun, that whole, like, going to watch, going to, going to a film festival and, like, actually... Having the intro from the actor and the director and them talking to about it afterwards, it was yeah, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. So, if there's any other uh, film festivals in the UK out there listening to this podcast, please send us free passes so that we can enjoy more of this. Anyway, um, we also have a, a third. 
third host. Hello, Johnny. Hi, Johnny. Uh, back, back again. You, you did some stuff, didn't you? Do you want to walk the listeners through it? Uh, yeah, so uh, I went uh, by myself on Tuesday to see Doc Shorts 2, uh, which uh, for those who are not into uh, um, shortened versions, it, that means documentaries. <laughs> so um, I, I was a little bit late. Um, so I missed the first uh, short film, but uh, from the director's questions and answers later, I found out it was about uh, Fort William Football Club, and it was a six-minute little documentary about them. Uh, and that one was called A Long Way to Winning. Uh, but there's only two films that I really wanted to spend some time talking about. The first one was called Matthew versus Pritchard, which is about uh, a guy called Matthew Pritchard, who you probably don't recognise his name, but he was one of the main guys in Dirty, Dirty Sanchez. Uh, so it's um, basically a 15-minute uh, film just sort of talking about what he's actually doing now with his life. So um, 15 years ago, Dirty Sanchez was like the big thing. It was like... Jackass was first, and then Dirty Sanchez was like Welsh's or Wales's equivalent yeah. to to Jackass, uh, and like people were like smash like if you've never seen it, basically it's a show where people just like get really really drunk and like throw tails at each other, yeah, and like do pranks on each other, like like if someone falls asleep, then they'll just get all the hair shaved off or like a tattoo done on them or just. That- teleports me back to such a such a specific time in my life i feel like that was like early college years for us like maybe late late high school it's just like that that was yeah jackass and and Dirk sanchez were the two big things that were on every like on mtv or whatever all the time yeah because they, they, they were doing live shows at the time so they go on tour like like a band would and do like crazy stuff live and like most of it was like powered by um like drugs like cocaine and I think I think he said he did meth at one point, um, but it was a pretty wild life that he was living. Uh, but that was kind of all fizzled out, and Dirty Sanchez came to an end. And basically, the film's about what he does now. So, like right now, he's like doing triathlons. Uh, like he's really cleaned himself up, and um, well, from what the documentary said, it's like cleaning himself up and not like drinking loads. And I think he's not on drugs and. Um, it's just about how he's kind of got past that era of his life because you know that you know that was such a big thing for him to have been doing all those years ago. How do you move on from being that guy? So obviously Johnny Knoxville from Jackass has gone on to do other films and stuff, but those guys in Dirty Sanchez, I don't really, you know, it's kind of limited to what they could yeah. could do in later life. But it's actually ended up sort of landing on his feet. It's like set up his own tattoo and barbershop company. Um, so yeah, it was just a nice little um, kind of catch up on um, that guy's life, like someone you'd probably forget about and never think about again. But it was nice to just see that he's kind of doing okay. Uh, and then uh, the other film which I want to talk about is called Second Sight, which is um, set in the Philippines uh, and. It's about this family, a mother and father and, t- father and two sons who live out as rice pickers uh, in just like rural area, in a rural area of the Philippines. 
and um you know everything's going okay in the life and then uh one day the the mother um like realizes she's got like a pain in her eye um and uh, she doesn't know what it is and slowly over the course of like a few few weeks she loses all of her sight she can't see anything at all um and basically she can't work the only thing that she can do is like feel on the floor for like a rope that's been put down so that she can wash dishes she's not able to like do any cooking or cleaning or anything because she literally can't see a single thing um and um just having that kind of disability in that part of the world and in that region where it's very rural like living in kind of huts in the jungle almost like it's really hard and the film kind of follows her as she's sort of struggling and kind of like losing hope um but one day she goes to the doctors and she finds out that she's able to qualify for um uh, a surgery uh, that will remove it um so basically the reason why she's gone blind is because she's got cataracts oh, right, okay. which is quite a simple thing to solve but um it like in the western world it's quite straightforward and an easy easy process but over there it's you know because it's to do with eyes and stuff it's quite a specialized thing so it's it follows her as she goes to the doctors and she uh, gets this cataract surgery obviously in the philippines if you had to pay for that that would cost quite a lot of money yeah. But the people who um, do it are all volunteers uh, and they'll do perform like 30, 40, 50 cataract surgeries in a day, like wow. like one person. Because okay. the surgery is only like 10 minutes long to yeah. do it. So they actually showed footage of the eye surgery and I and I had oh. to like, I had to look away. Like I, I thought I would be okay, uh, like going into it. I was like, okay, they're going to show the surgery. Did they tell you at front they were going to show? No, no, because it's kind of... It wasn't done overly as like a talk over documentary. It's kind of just like following the family's journey. Um, so they're going into it like they have these two kind of like one's an American doctor and one's a Filip uh, a Filipino doctor, and they follow those two and kind of they take them into surgery and they show these quite graphic things of like these tools. So they've got scalpels and stuff. You don't want a scalpel near your eye. Um, and I could, I really couldn't watch. Like I had, I had my hands over my eyes. I've, I've not done that for a very long time. Um, but um, she comes out of it, and then she can, um, she can see again. She can, her eyesight's restored. And I think everyone in in the cinema was like really sobbing <laughs> at that point. Wow. You could just hear it. Everyone's like, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I think I got a bit watery. I don't think I was like bubbling. Is this watery but, eye? Like the last time you got watery eye, it was just like <laughs> actual watery eye. Um, well, I think this. I think last this, this time, last time, was, last time was Captain Phillips, and you know it's it's quite an emotional scene. But this one was um, because it's a real person, it's real life, and you can you could see the change that it meant to to these people living with it. Um, yeah, it was really hard hitting. And the music that went alongside it was just perfect. It was, again, like, I keep saying it, like a Lapaluxi style kind of music, which is, you know, hard to describe, but you should just Google it and listen to it. Um, so, yeah, I can really recommend that that film. That one's called Second Sight. Um, look, one of the best things is what, what they do is they have all these patients from the surgery all lined up down this corridor. 
uh, and for the first like 24 hours they have like um, bandages over their eyes um, so they go down each person one by one and remove the bandages and it's straight away they'll be able to know if they can see or not so this person just goes down one after another and then the sight's been brought back and they're like That's, this is amazing and then the doctor's like that's great i'm glad for you and then moves on to the next one so it's not like a massive thing for them they're just kind of moving along but for the person involved it's like a big life-changing event um so yeah uh, there were a couple of other um documentaries but to keep this concise we'll pass back to aaron to talk about the next session the next the next session was tonight um, we are here on a Thursday evening, so this is normally when we record, we record secrets. We record the podcast on a Thursday most of the time. So we saw short session 10. So I'm just going to read them out and then we can go through them all. Yeah, just so, just to mention, we, we, we would have liked to see more of the sort of, the world because there was a lot of feature films at the festival. Yeah. It just so happened that our schedules didn't really line up with it. And because it's in Manchester and we have to travel in, it's, it, it takes a bit of, uh, quite a bit of effort to get in for it. So I think there was so there was like a lot of new films that have come out yeah, and then yeah. there was a load of old ones as well. Yeah. So uh the there beach. was the beach here was on tonight. Uh Requiem for a Dream. Crouching like, Tiger Hidden Dragons on, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a lot a lot of big uh, sort of classic films as well. But unfortunately we hadn't had a chance to see uh, any of those. So short sessions ten. We got the motions, short calf muscle, the widow snapshots and class can we just get class out of the way because it was rubbish yeah, yeah class was rubbish um it, it, it was basically uh acting class wasn't it and it had a david bren-esque sort of uh music te- uh, to act, acting teacher and it was a bit it was just a bit weird it was it was fat it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great was it I didn't enjoy it it's better than the short film i've made which isn't i've not made any short film so yeah that's Yes, you're right, but I wouldn't mind if someone told me my music was crap. So just, just on that one, like there was a weird bit where the audio dropped off halfway through, and it didn't sound the same after that. So I don't know if that was the cinema's fault or the. the I think I think that was just your ears, only because I don't remember that. Did you see how far away he like just ran away from me as soon as he came in close? He was like, "Oh, don't, keeps getting close to my face. <laughs> don't give me the corona." Stay away. I'm sorry. So the 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 first one we watched was. The, was it the motions? It was. It was the motions. This is the American one. So essentially, it follows the life of a uh, ambulance driver in America, whose husband is currently at home ill, and she is cheating on him. It's just one heavy piece of cinema. Like it's really, really heavy, and you don't even like. When I find out, when I find out that he was like ill, the husband, and even like, like I just. I wasn't like angry at the the main actress. I was just like uh, the main character. I was just like, Sad. I was just like, oh man, this is a heavy film. But it genuinely, I, I thought it was a good piece of f- film. Mm. I enjoyed it. It ha- it gripped me the entire way through. It was shot pretty. It was quite dark, but it, that didn't bother me because it, it felt there's an Alexis on fire video, which is them just driving around in an ambulance, just doing really heavy stuff. Like it's just yeah, and this is like the actual version of that. Does anyone else have any comments on it? I could have watched more of that. Yes. Like, because it got to the end and I was like, oh, I want to know what happens with this. Um, it was really good. The main actress looked a little bit like Rachel from Friends. Just a, just a tiny bit, but not 
not really. But yeah, like it was just a really great piece of acting because there's some like big issues being discussed in it, like the uh, par- paramedics. Um, husband is i think he's questioning whether he wants to end his life and i don't think she wants to but on the same side at the same time she's also cheating on him uh so there's a lot that's going on um in that situation it's just kind of quite juicy but for a lot, like a little 15 minute little film it was quite had a lot of depth in there yeah i mean that i i, I agree completely johnny like i wanted I could watch that. It felt like a start of a show or something. Although it felt, it that that's true. But also, the way it was shot was beautiful. Yeah, it was yeah, the, the yeah. probably the best shot thing we saw tonight. Um, it felt so cinematic. It felt very much like a early, maybe like a mid nineties film, like yeah, film. Yeah. Like it felt like um, like Seven or LA Confidential or something like that. Like very like filmic and it was really well done it was really realistic and it was just yeah really i really enjoyed it i just think that moment at the end where she goes to the bedroom and then she like lies down beside him and then she just like puts his hand on her ear and then like he puts his hand back and then she lays her hand on and then just that smile when she gives like she has a little smile i was like oh that was so good like oh my goodness I, I was very emotional but i enjoyed it the next film that we saw was Short Calf Muscles. I'm going to hand it over to Jan because you laughed more than me. I thought it was funny, but you, you laughed a lot. I mean, the whole cinema laughed quite a lot, I thought. Right. Yes. So the premise of this is in a really odd... Pre- it's kind of a, a straightforward premise, but kind of odd as well. It's basically... It, it's about this bloke. It's a German film, I think. Is it German? I think it's German. Or is it... It's the Netherlands. Okay, sorry. Netherlands. Um, and it starts off with a guy getting a medical exam... He's told that he has a short calf, um, and then he keep, people keep hinting that, like, something to do with his kind of people, or you know, you get this sort of thing with your kind of people. And to to us as a viewer, he looks just like a tall, white, sort of Caucasian male, yeah, male nothing, bloke. Yeah, nothing, nothing interesting about him, particularly. Um, but then slowly, as as you watch it, everyone talks to him, and then it reveals that uh, he is a gnome. And he's just like, what are you on about? I'm not, I'm not a gnome. Like, and he basically just keeps denying it and denying it. And like, he doesn't look any different to 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 anyone else. Um, but it's it was done in a really funny way. Like, it was very very good. Like, very comedic. Um, it ends up him going to his parents, or his partner. Uh, he says, he goes, well, you know, that's why I like, that's why I liked you because you're so strong and you don't let it bother you or whatever. And he's just like, what are you going? I'm not, I'm not, I'm known. What are you on about? And uh, he goes to his parents, and they, they they break it to him that he's a nope. And then he ends up getting arrested by the police. Isn't he? And it's like, I think it's, I, I, I would have to watch it again. It'd be interesting to hear what the director or, and the writer were thinking when they wrote the short. But I imagine it's to do with um, being a minority and not thinking of yourself as a minority and like not thinking any different to anyone else, maybe. And then like people treating you differently and thinking you're going to be more violent than than other people or whatever but to you you're just a person uh, i think that's what it's about generally but also it's done in a really comedic sort of uh sarcastic way i guess yeah excellent yeah it was very very funny um and yeah i think the underlying message i agree with you was was that was was probably you don't know and then when someone sort of 
bricks the the rose tinted glasses you kind of realize oh wait everyone does treat me differently um anyway so the next film uh, we saw and one of the actresses was actually there before the before the film john we were sat in a cafe we were sat in like a little uh little cafe area and a lady walked past us and went sort of around the barrier and knocked the barrier over and then she was like sort of a bit flustered trying to get trying to fix the barrier and John, for some reason, Johnny was like, run, run. He's like, and then she, was, she looked at Johnny and she just like walked off. <laughs> it was so odd. And she left the barrier. Uh, and then the, the I guess the staff came over and floated it. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it turns out that she was uh, at the cinema. She was there to see one of the shorts that she was, she was actually in. So this was a, what was it called again? It's called Snapshots. So it was almost like three short films within a film about a photo booth so different characters would come into the photo booth and would go through you'd have like a little i don't know like intimate scene with them as they sort of yeah it's like a mini monologue where you you know they would come in as one thing and then they would enter or they would take a picture as another thing so the first one is um someone comes in dressed in drag and then it follows them well, maybe not drag. Just just dresses just a, a man dresses a woman, um, uh, and essentially you see him take the makeup off, and then put his like just like you know male clothes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was eyeball Paul. Yes. It was eyeball Paul in it? Yeah. <laughs> people, people know the reference. I actually don't know his name. I just know his eyeball Paul. <laughs> He's in Game of Thrones. He's also in the Stranger. If you've seen that recently, so he's he's been. I think he's a, a Manchester man. Yeah, I think he was. Um... So it was di- directed by uh, Noel Fielding's wife, uh, who is called Liana Bird, um, and Noel Fielding was an executive producer on the film, and it's basically like what how I would describe it is kind of people's secret life what they do in the um uh camera booth so you know people can have this like really hard exterior but when they go inside the camera booth they sort of change and put on this uh like face almost to try and act in a certain way to show that they're being a certain person or having a certain time um so like some of those times are like good times and funny times and some of them are pretty sad and dark um so yeah, I thought it was okay, very arty. Yeah, uh, definitely more art high than, than the rest of them. Um, but I, I, I kind of really enjoyed like the little sort of uh, drop into their life that you would kind of get. And I was always was really excited for you know, the reveal at the end. So Paul K was the the person that was was um, in the first one. The second one was the actress that we don't know the name of, who was actually at the showing. She used to be in EastEnders, according to the lady who was uh, talking to us after the after the, the documentary sessions. And she is pretending to fake, or they're trying to fake a, a marriage or something. So it's a, some random person they met online or, or something. Anyway, so you see that, and then the, the third one is a, a janitor who comes in and, and basically is like puts on like a Hawaiian shirt and then fakes that he's on holiday and starts sending all these postcards to random women. That was pretty. Yeah, he's a famous actor. Yeah, um, people come to this podcast to um, listen to our, our extensive knowledge about actors and actresses and films and directors, don't they? But um, 
And you, you said you really liked it. You, you, you came out and you were vibing off it. I, I did enjoy it, but maybe not as much as you. It was just like fun. It was just a fun three minute. Well, sorry, three uh, little short stories wrapped into one. I, I just thought it was just fun and cute. Um, yeah, because it, it would, it would take the photo. It would do the whole session, the, the whole like bit before taking the photograph. They'd just sort of either reveal who they were or they'd like dress up or whatever, and then it was like. It was like a photograph was taken, and then they'd do a little reveal of what they were using it for. And it was, I don't know, I quite liked it. It was just a fun, and it was all like each one was shot in a different way. So, like, one, you know, one was black and white, and one was uh, like a really, one was like green screen sort of color thing. I mean, yeah, I just thought it was a really, it was just a fun little concept that someone obviously had the idea for as a short film. And it worked well. Excellent. So, then the, the screening ended on the, I'm going to call it the PS2. Do whatever that phrase is, resistance, yeah. The best thing that we've seen all, all, I'm, I mean all of the festival. It's called The Widow. Can't even remember where it was set, but it's sort of a, like a 1960s gangster homage with a real low budget, sort of. A uh, real low budget, so it's a black and white, sort of taking notes from like Casablanca. I would I would, I would say it's a better North by Northwest. I'm sure there's people out there that would watch that and think, yeah, I agree with Aaron, and he's right on that. So essentially it follows this lady who's currently having an affair with a mobster. She's married to a mobster. The mobster that is having an affair with her kills her husband and then realizes that she has to, or that 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 mobster has to kill her because she knows this is great the more complicated this gets yeah antonio is the guy that she's cheating with um so he kills her husband husband and then antonio tries to kill her and then essentially it just takes us on this like mental chase where she like breaks free and starts killing the gangster mobster man and it's basically the best thing i've ever seen (laughs) So one of the things that confused me in this, so I, 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 miss, I must have missed the intro, like, I think it was an intro bit of text. Story, right? I, don't know if it's true, I don't know if it's a true story or not, but uh, potentially it might be, I don't know. But um, it's, I think the film was filmed in Melbourne, Melbourne, in Australia, right? But the whole start, the whole way through the film, they're all speaking Italian, so I thought, oh, they're trying to do some sort of Italian thing, trying to do an Italian gangster thing. And then randomly, halfway through it, a guy comes to help sell that one, helps her sell the house. Who's Australian and talking English, and I, and I was just really like, what? It sort of pulled me out of the film. Really, odd. it was really odd. And that, for me, it was a, a strange concoction of some parts were quite well filmed, some parts were like must have been really expensive. As a short film, must have been super expensive to film. Yeah, because if you think about all the cars they had to get, they had all all the old-fashioned cars. Yeah, yeah, like they had loads. Some of the shots. Yeah, and they had like guns, and they had loads. They had loads of like they had a bunch of different uh, settings they were in. They had loads of different actors. I actually think it probably cost quite a lot of money, but then they had these sections which were shot awfully, really poorly shot. So they ran out. Maybe they ran out of money or something, and they had to just carry on making it without any of the decent equipment. I don't know. yeah, Johnny, what did you think about this film? I didn't really like it that much, to be honest. It kind of felt like, you know, L.A. Noir, 
the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of felt like a bit of a section like that. Like you like it's got all the elements of like a good mobster story. It's got like a lot of action and you know a bit of intrigue, but the story in itself was I don't know. I just thought it was a little bit boring to be honest. So it had like it had some good elements to it, but like it looked really nice, but. Like black when anything's just black and white from the outset, I'm kind of just like, oh, I don't, I'm not a massive just, fan. You justify this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like Mad Max, like when Mad Max did like a, uh, was it like black and chrome version or something? That's like a really good use of black and white. This one was okay, I guess, but just I don't know. It didn't have the story there to to go with it. It felt like it was someone pretending, to... <sighs> someone I seen a lot of gangster films and thought, oh, I can make that. I can make one of those. And they just had a go. Reach. Again, fair enough, you've made something better. I've never made anything like that. But it felt very surface level. It felt very much like someone's idea of what a gangster film is without actually not understanding like what makes a good story, I guess. And it like it was the longest short story. It felt it was the longest short film out of all of them. I think it was twenty eight minutes. It was very long. It went on and on and on and I got very bored. And I was surprised, like because it's a short story, that's why I kind of like the short films. Is that you know, if you're not if you're not vibing on one of them, then you've only got a few minutes and then it's over and you can watch something else. Um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. I just looked it up. It actually came out in two thousand and fourteen. I think it was. It had yeah. It actually it was. I think it was. Um, I think they the people donated to make it. and It was twenty three thousand Australian dollars. Can't believe that I've gone this long without seeing it. I think you guys were watching it the wrong way. Uh, I know what like, yeah. first of all, I was so the just how weird it was at the start whenever they sort of in bed together, like stroking each other's faces, like, oh, I know I'm in for a treat. Once this is like weird, just weird dialogue, like it just feels like they're in someone's house shooting <laughs> the film. And then when like you know when they pull up to her house and it's just like a house. <laughs> Like a, a two bed semi, like that's like just up up it's one of our roads. Oh no, yeah. And like he get he gets at one point he gets out his car to go open the gates, and he's tiny little gates, and you're thinking this is like the don of like or whatever like some Italian mobster family, but he's like it just looks like granddad's house, isn't it? Like it's just it was very odd. Yeah. And like the bit you know when they're like walking back from the party, and you can clearly see that they've paid to have like some sort of like nineteen sixties like car yeah. company have sort of lined them all up, and it doesn't look normal at all, or just like the fact that like you know the best. The best scene was when the Australian dude came in and like they're signing papers because they're selling her house or she's trying to sell her house. And essentially like she touches his hand and then he goes, Oh, and then, and then he sort of touches her hand a little bit later and then, Oh, and then they touch each other's hand again and like, Oh yeah. And then he, there's no chemistry at all between them because they just met and it was just like this random guy, the whole time he spent with a bag on his head whimpering. And then suddenly like, she's supposed to be like, Oh, Hi, fella. It just felt it was very odd. One thing, I, just a couple of things I want to say about it. First of all, like there was some actual really nice shots in this in this in this sort of short story. So I think someone there has got talent, I guess. But I think they just went on a bit long. I think they needed to cut a lot of it out and make it a bit more snappier. Like the shot at the end with the drone shot was really good. But the problem, one of the problems I had with it was it was really trying to go for that sort of Godfather feel, and but then it was. 
the way they were shooting a lot of the shots, you could tell it was like, oh, that's a GoPro camera. Like the w- it just felt very modern or yeah, YouTube-y. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just felt like at odds to each other. It didn't feel very cinematic and like classic or whatever. However, you know, I don't want us. I don't want us to just spend the whole time just slating it. There was some good stuff about it. I thought the actress was pretty good, actually. I thought she was really quite good. Um, I thought if it was cut down, it could be more interesting. Uh, but you know, there's some good bones there, I suppose. And I think there's someone who's quite talented. It's just I think it went on a bit long, and I think they just maybe ran out a bit of bit of money. I'm really happy that we spent a lot of time on the best film that we've seen um, at the film festival. So I think. We're going to conclude there. Um, I might, we might, uh, there's like the short, the animations are are on a Sunday afternoon, so I think I might try and get down for the last, last little bit, because that's the one I really, really wanted to see when we're obviously, and if I do get down to see it, I'll talk about it on the podcast. But most importantly, listeners, if you do get the chance to go to a film festival or if you're thinking about it, it's pretty cool. Like, it feels, the vibe is very cool. Um, everyone sort of feels very inclusive and everyone's in, in it together but again most 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 importantly thank you so much Manchester Film Festival for allowing us to come and pretend to be press and pretend to like know about film yeah I mean like when we first get I, when me and Aaron first went in I think we were both a bit like what do what because we've never done this sort of thing before like, oh, what what do we do is this are we cool just, and it, but it turned out it was really chill wasn't it? it was just like just a lot of people who were like film and just it was it was really good uh, experience. So definitely, I'm gonna go try and get to again. I think uh, for the amount of films we saw, I think it was actually not that bad a price. I think to actually go, I think it was only like maybe ten or fifteen pounds to see like five films or something. It was definitely worth going. I would say um, as a as a day out. But yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, yeah, definitely recommend it. I mean, I've been to the Kendall Film Festival quite a few times. Obviously, it's different kind of clientele, but um, yeah, I think it's a good emerging film festival and um, it's nice to have something in the local area and not have to go down to like London to to see some of these films. So yeah, definitely recommend it. Let's hope it, uh, hope it, gets, it gets bigger and better in the future. Well, time will tell. Otherwise, that is it. We are signing off for today's episode. Wait, one more thing. Ant has uh, some incoming news. Just remember to uh, wash your hands, everyone. And uh, I apologise, Aaron and Johnny, for infecting you with coronavirus. You had the sniffles, you don't have coronavirus, it's fine. Thank you so much, guys. Bye!